Kevin is always ready to laugh at the tick-off. He's always ready to go. And, and I, I hate to ask somebody to do something like, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to do 
to give you an expected end. See, it's not anything evil. There's nothing evil from the Lord that's planned for us. Nothing evil. Everything's good. Everything's wonderful. Everything's lovely. All we got to do is turn away from the worldly things and get our focus off of worldly things and worldly devices and get our focus on Him and let Him lead, guide, and direct us and bring us to that expected end that He's got laid out. Now let me tell you something. We have I heard people say different things. They get mad at God because God allows things to happen to people. But you know, you gotta you gotta remember one thing. And you can find it out in the book of Job and other other places in the Bible it talks about the accuser of the brethren. The brethren is us. We are the brethren, the people that's gathered together in the name of the Lord. God's children, God's people that He's saved, people He's called and, and brought them into to do what He wants them to do and what He has laid out for them. The children of the Lord are the brethren. But the accuser of the brethren is the devil. Think about Job sitting there, had everything. He had everything he could ever possibly want. God had blessed him. He had blessed him, blessed his life, blessed him with family, blessed him with all everything that he had. He was very wealthy in his time. But then all of a sudden, here come the accuser of the brethren walking up into heaven, walking into the throne room and saying, come on, hallelujah. He's walking in there knowing what he had intentions to do. God looked at him and says, what are you doing in here? What are you, what are you doing? What do you want? Why are you coming up here? Have you come up here to question me about my servant Job? Because the devil said, I've been in and out of the world, through the world, in, all over the place, everywhere. I've been in every nation, every person. So they're checking everybody out in the entire world. But there's one person I got in mind. See, the devil read his mind. The, God read the devil's mind. He knew exactly what he was wanting to do. He was coming there to question him about his servant Job. But God told him. <laughs> he said, you can touch his belongings, but don't touch him. Don't you lay one finger on him. Right. But you see, now how many knows that God already had this planned out? Now I want you to think about something. All this took place just around the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement, and you know what the Day of Atonement is. That's when they laid out the sacrifices for their sins and for their family's sins. Job laid out the sacrifice for his children. He put forth the sacrifice for his children, asked God to forgive his children. And it was at that time when the devil attacked his children and took them out of this world. Baby knows God already knew exactly what was going to happen and the day it was going to happen. Knew the exact time and knew that it was going to be on the Day of Atonement. And he made sure that Job placed it, done the atonement for his children's sins. I want you to think about that. God knows what He's doing. But then all of a sudden, that wasn't good enough. Job still said, Though God slay me, I'll trust Him. Yes, amen. He still said, no matter what happens in this life, I'm still going to trust Him. Right. Because He's the one that gives, and He's the one that taketh away. But even though it wasn't Him that took it away, He allowed it to be taken away. God didn't take it away, He allowed it to happen. Because He knew what Job was going to do, that Job was going to take a stand for Him. And here come that accuser walking back up there again. God said, you here to question me about my servant Job again? He says, yeah, you let me take his, everything that he had, but he still stayed with you. But I guarantee you, if you let me touch his life, let me touch his health, let me bring him down a little bit, and he'll curse you, and he'll walk away from you. He said, you can do what you want to him, but you can't take his life. That's right. Because he knew that Job was going to take a stand. But you see, from the very beginning, when it all started, the moment before Job was even thought of, before Job was even brought into this world, he knew what was going to happen all down through his life, and he had it all laid out. But you see, when, when we sometimes, we get venture off our course a little bit. We have things happen in our lives, we might walk away from God for a season and go do our own thing. But you know, when I sit here and think back now, looking at where I'm at with the Lord today, and where I'm at up here doing something that I never had any thought or any idea that I would be up here preaching the Word of God. 
Never had that idea in my life. Ever. But I think back at all the things that I did, the life that I lived, and look at what I could have done. That's right. What I could have been. Who I could have been in the Lord. If I would have just stayed on course and stayed where God had for me and stayed and kept my eyes on the goal, kept my eyes on that expected end that God had set for me from the day that I was created. Amen. And I feel bad about it. I feel bad that I didn't stay where I... I think about the people that I could have met, the people that I could have changed their lives. The people that might not have survived, might not have went to heaven because I didn't walk the course that God had laid out for me. And I sat here and think about them things, you know, and it's just, it's kind of, kind of scary. The people, the blood that could have been on my hands because I didn't do what God wanted me to do. That's right. Because I didn't walk the course that God had me to walk. Amen. When it's already established. Our end is established before our lives even begin. That's right. Before we do anything. Before we're even thought of. Our lives are already established. It's already laid out with an expected end for us to reach. But we have to press towards that mark. Keep pressing. Keep fighting. Keep pushing to get to where God wants us to be at. It's not something that we just take for granted. It's not a life that we just should look at. Well, okay, you know, it is what it is. That's not what it is. That's right. It's what God wants it to be, and you have to strive to make it what He wants it to be. It's not. It's not. It is what it is. If something comes your way, stand against it. Say, "No, devil, I rebuke you in the yes. name of Jesus." You get out of here. Get out of my life. Amen. Come on, get on out of here. And leave me alone. Afflictions hit your body. Rebuke it. That's what we're supposed to do. That's right. You know, we're not supposed to be dependent on the doctors. Right. We really aren't. Think about it. They would bring them to the house of God. They would bring them to the prophets. They would bring them to the to the ministers, to the preachers, the men that was called of God to lay hands on them and pray for them. This is going. It's a commandment in the Bible. If any sick be among you, come and go up to the to the altar and allow the elders of the church to anoint you with oil and pray for you yeah. for the deliverance and the, and the saving of your soul. Amen. I want you to think about something. When when the sick people came to Jesus, he didn't just heal them. There's a bunch of them, he told them, your sins are forgiven. That's right. When he healed them, when he touched them, some of them he didn't even have to touch because their faith was so strong in believing that he was who he said he was. And when that woman with the issue of blood, God didn't have to turn around and lay his hand on her head and say, bless you, my child, you're healed, you're healed in the name of Jesus. No. All she had to do was touch his hem of his garment. She even said it out of her mouth. If I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. I will be healed of this infirmity. That no doctors could heal. No doctors could take care of it. Come on, God knows the thoughts that He has towards us. The thoughts that He thinks towards us. He don't want any of us to be sick. He don't want any of us to be afflicted. But sometimes the afflictions and the the sickness comes so God can receive the glory for it when the healing takes place. Come on, it's all for the glory of God. Every Amen. bit of it is all for the glory of God. The things we suffer in this life is for the glory of God. Amen. You know why? Let me let me let me talk, let me go back to Job here for a minute. The devil walking into heaven, sitting there accusing us. 
accusing us just like he accused Job, saying, you got, yeah, he's got everything good. He's got a hedge around him where I can't touch him. And when you're blessing him left and right, you're allowing good things to happen in his life. But let me go down here and cause him a little bit of a problem. But you know what God's got, God thinks? You know what God thinks about you? Yeah, I trust them. I know they'll take a stand That's for right. me. Because I got they got faith in me and they know that I'm gonna bring them out of it. They will stand. You go ahead and you go ahead and go down there and mess with them a little bit. But you're gonna get your butt whipped whenever they start praying and asking me to come and redeem them. Amen. That's right. Well, that's what he should be thinking about. You're not thinking, Oh Lord, I'm gonna have to go down there and take care of them because they're gonna fall. That's right. That's something to think about. Psalms chapter 40 verse 2 This is David speaking here He said He brought me up also Out of a horrible pit Went out of a terrible thing Things that David was going through in his life Anointed to be king Anointed to have the palace That his father-in-law hated him so bad He wanted to kill him Every time he turned around Throwing a spear at him and you know the times that David could have killed Saul had the opportunity, but he left him alone. He let him live, but he let him know he was there. All that that was taking place and the things that happened in Ziklag and the things that happened with Absalom, his son, usurping the throne and taking over the kingship and causing David all the problems and killing his other son, getting him drunk and letting him die in a drunken slumber. All these things that happened in David's life. But you know, God was still right there for him. And everything that he went through, he allowed him to come out of it. He That's helped him right. to come through. He helped him to keep his feet on high, on high ground. He helped him to come through this thing. And whenever it all was said and done, whenever it came to the time he wrote this book, of this chapter of Psalms here, he said, God brought me out of all of that. Yes, he did. Everything that I went through, God was right there for me. Everything that I faced in my life, God was right there for me. He helped me. He brought me through it. He brought me out of it. He brought me out of that miry pit, out of that that place of of sorrow, that place of anguish. Think about Joseph being thrown into a pit by his brothers out of jealousy and then be sold into Egyptian slavery and went in, but he got favor with the king. God brought him out of that miry pit. He brought him out of that life that that the sons wanted to be bad for him, wanted him to die. They were jealous of him. They wanted him to be gone and nothing else to happen. But then all of a sudden, he got to redeem his family back, bring his family back in there so they could be taken care of during a time of famine. All that was turned around. God brought him out of the miry pit, turned him into a blessing for his own family and sold him into slavery. You see, God was in control of everything. But you see, Joseph kept his eyes on the Lord. Joseph the whole time kept his eyes on the Lord. David kept his eyes on the Lord when all the, th- the problems was happening and all the bad things was going on. I mean, he encouraged himself in the That's Lord. He said, right. hey, hang on a minute. Let me go get the ephah. I'm going to take it to the king. I'm going to take it for, to my God and I'm going to ask him about this situation. You just hold on a minute. You can keep those stones right there where you got them at because I'm going to go get an answer from God. He went and he went. Hallelujah. He prayed to God. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And he asked God, Lord, what should I do? And the Lord said, Go after and you shall recover all. He said, You don't get it because I got it laid out for you. I got it set up to where they're going to be right there with it, where where you can go get your stuff back. And you got to go get some more things back, not just your stuff. And he laid that Egyptian on the side of the road that was sick so they could get, get him and take him and him show them where all of their belongings went to. But you see, God. Picked him up out of that miry pit. Everything that happened in his life that was bad. And he set him on the rock. 
Hallelujah. You hear me? He set them on the rock. He set them on the solid foundation. How many knows what the solid foundation is? The solid foundation is what you're walking right now. You're walking in the Lord. Come on, you're walking in Christian life where Jesus has your feet. He has you. He's leading, guiding, and directing you. Come on, you're standing on the one that's got full control of your life. You're standing on the very one that can heal you. Come on, hallelujah. He can take care of you. He can move in your situation. He can move in everything you need in your life. All you gotta do is stay on course. Say, Lord God, I trust you. Keep keep my eyes on you, God. You keep right on leading, Lord. And I'm going to keep right on following. I ain't stopping. I ain't going to the side. I ain't going to the left or the right. God, I'm keeping my eyes focused on you because you're the one that's going to bring me through this thing. That's right. He picked him up out of that miry pit and he set him on a solid rock. He set him on a solid foundation. Pulled him out of the miry clay. You know what the miry clay is? Miry clay is a sin of your life. That sin that wants to cling to you. The flesh. The flesh wants to desire things that's not of God. But you see, David, the things that he did in his life, he sinned against the Lord. He committed a sin against God with Bathsheba. Bathsheba's husband and all that that took place. That was that miry clay. Come on, that was that desire of that flesh. That flesh reaching out. Grasping the things that it wanted and grasping the sin and that sin clinging on to him and the shackles and the chains hanging off of that sin is dragging him down, dragging his soul down, dragging his spirit down. But how many knows when he kept his eyes on the Lord, he turned away from all that stuff. He said, God, I, I'm sorry I sinned against you. God, forgive me, Lord, for what I did. Yes. Forgive me for all those things, God. Lord, redeem me back, Jesus. Yes. Lord, bring me back, God, to what I used to be at. Lord, get me away from all that stuff. I don't want to do all those things. God, bring me back, Lord Jesus, to where you got for me. And that miry clay, he was pulled out of the miry clay. See, that sin was broken off of him. Those shackles was laid off. Hallelujah. Come on. He was redeemed back to the Lord. And then he had himself set back on that solid rock, that solid foundation, and began to keep his eyes on the Lord and marching and aiming towards that prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And as he sat there and as he pushed towards it, the Bible says God established my ways. He said, the Lord has established. Come on, He pulled me out of the miry clay. He pulled me out of the pit. And He established my ways. Just like when a sinner comes to the Lord and they walk in. And God calls them to the altar. And they come up and they give their heart and life to the Lord. And they ask God to forgive them. Lord, forgive me, Jesus, of my sins. Forgive me, God. Lord, make me a new creature in You. All the sins are shed and broken off of them. The shackles are broken off of them. The chains, they're redeemed. They're brought back to God. Then whenever they come back to the Lord, then He lifts them up. He establishes them. He sets them on that solid rock. That solid rock of your salvation. And then He establishes their way. Meaning, this is what I got for you to do. This is the path I got you to follow on. All you got to do is keep your eyes on me and follow me and I will lead you unto salvation. I will lead you unto redemption one day back to me. Amen. But you have to follow the path that I set you on. You have to stay with the ways. Stay with the ways that I have established Amen. for you. Amen. See, I've established your ways. This is like when we walk away from God. When I walked away from the Lord and I went and done my own thing. When I came back to Him, He brought me back to that way that He had established for me. He put me back on that path, that path of righteousness that's heading towards glory. And as long as I keep my eyes on Him and keep my focus, 
I will reach the expected end that he got for me yes, one day. Amen. And I will end up in eternity with him to live forever. See, we ain't living here forever. We're living there forever. That's right. So get your cares off all the stuff around you, off these worldly things, and get your focus on what matters. Yes, because all this, stuff, all this stuff here doesn't matter. All this stuff in this world, it doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. The best car you drive doesn't matter. Just be happy with what God gives you and keep your eyes focused Amen. on Him because one day and one day real soon we're going to have everything we could possibly want, everything we could possibly need according to His riches and glory. You know how, how many knows what the riches and glory is? God can speak it and it come into existence. God can, God can say it and it be reality. Come on, He can change our reality. Yes. He can change your circumstances. He can change your situation. How many knows that? Let me tell you something. When, when Paul was out there on the ship, and they were, hallelujah, and they, that Eurachlodon came. Come on, that was just preached the other night that Eurachlodon came along. Hallelujah. And I want you to think about something. When that ship broke apart, now you think about this. When that ship broke apart and they're out in the middle of the ocean, out in that storm, come on, it's not normal for somebody to survive holding on to a piece of wood. The heaven knows God changed the reality. Because yes, the reality said every one of them should have drowned. Not a yes. single one of them should have come out alive. Not a single one of them should have made right. it to the beach. The heaven knows when Paul said on that boat, you stay on board, God's going to save everybody that's here. Come on, God changed reality when that ship crumbled and broke apart out there in the ocean. Come on, hallelujah. Even though the storm tore the ship apart, they still survived. Why? Yes. Because God said so. Amen. God changed the reality. He said, Amen. ain't nobody going to perish. Hallelujah. Even if you don't have a piece of wood to hang on to to keep afloat, you're going to perish. You're not going to perish. You're going to survive because I said so. That's right. How many knows this? God had all of that laid out. You know what? You want to know why I say that? Even though Paul was put in prison, and even though Paul was taken out there and taken out to that island to, to supposedly never return back to back to back to civilization, he was taken out there. You know why? Because there was some men out there that needed a witness of the Lord. Come on, to witness to them and deliver them from sin. Just a few souls to be preached to, to be warned. See, His way was established. It was laid out. All He had to do was reach that expected end. And then when He reached that expected end, that one day, when He said, I have fought a good fight. I yes. have kept the faith. Amen. Hallelujah. I have finished my course. Thus laid up for me riches and glory. Hallelujah. That God got laid up for me because I stayed the course and I made it to what God had me. And I survived this pain. And I pushed through because I kept on pushing. I kept that on my like that song says, keep on marching, keep on marching. Come on, no matter what comes your way, no matter what gets in front of you, you keep right on pushing. You keep right on pressing. Come on, hallelujah. Press on that heart to the side of our power of God. And Christ Jesus, reach that expected end. No matter what it takes to get there, you keep pushing. You keep pressing. You keep fighting. You say, I ain't giving up. I'm going to make it to the end of this plan. There ain't no devil in hell got no power over you as long as you survive, as long as you keep living for God and you keep trying, you keep striving for perfection, you keep pressing, you keep pushing. There ain't no devil in hell can get in your way and stop you and prevent you from getting to that mark. That's right. You hear me tonight? It's you. It's your choice. If you're going to make it, you ain't going to let nothing deter you off of the course. That's right. If you want to get there, there ain't nothing going to stop you from getting there. That's right. That's right. There ain't no devil in hell can do it. 
You want strict support? I told it to you earlier. When the accuser of the brethren, the one that's going to come by and try you. Because listen to me, there ain't no devil's got no power over you. They ain't got no ability to touch you as long as that hedge that God puts around you is surrounding you. It's you that brings your own problems. Your flesh, your desires of the flesh. When your flesh wants something, you need to keep it under subjection. Because your flesh is one of the things that you're the weakest at. But how many knows when the devil comes your way, when the devil wants to try you, the devil wants to tempt you, the devil wants to do anything to you, he has to get permission from the one that's, that's right. Come on, the one that paid the price for that's you. That's right. Come on, hallelujah. If you got your if you got Jesus' blood covering your sins and you're a redeemed child of him, come on, ain't no devil can come and mess with you without his permission. Right there in the book of Job. But you see, we have to make up our mind that we're going to make it. Amen. No matter what comes our way, no matter what circumstance happens, no matter what, you're going to make it. You have to get a determination. I'm going to get there. I'm going to press towards this thing. Now listen to me. Where is the expected end? What is the expected end? If you, if you, have you ever considered that or ever thought about that? The expected end that God's got for you, what is that? What is the place that God's got set for each and every one of us? It's not here. Our job here is to increase the kingdom of God. Our job here is to do work for the Lord. To go out and reach lost souls out there. To get them redeemed. Come on, get them redeemed back to the Lord. Amen. Come on, we're supposed to show the way out there to people. We tarry while we're here. Tarry and while we're here doesn't mean just hang out and sit back on the sofa and watch TV all day long and all night long or whatever. And go home, you know, after a good hard day's of work, drink you some tea and lay back every day and never do anything, never never step foot in the house of the Lord, never talk to anybody about God, never witness to nobody. You might think on your job, well, I don't know what they're going to think about me. So I'm just going to lay back and I'm going to kind of play it low. I'm going to just keep my, you know, keep myself kind of hid. I don't need to tell anybody what, who I'm serving. I don't need to tell anybody I'm a Christian. You know, I can blend right in with the rest of them. Just do whatever whatever everybody else is happy with. Because I don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to go sit there and offend anybody by telling them about the Lord. But yet we got all these other people in the world out here that's trying to doesn't care what that's we think right. about the mess that they're doing. That no good, no good and well what they're doing is wrong. Come on, right. honey knows what right. I'm talking about. You know deep down inside of you what is right. Everybody out there knows deep down inside of them what is right. That's they right. know what's right, right and they know what's wrong. And when you put them in a hairy situation where they know they're fixing to leave this world, come on, they're gonna step there, they're gonna they're gonna be concerned. Amen. Let them all get on an airplane. Let that airplane start going down. Just let the pilot act like it's going down. Right. Let him put that thing into a, a dive to where he can pull it out at the very last minute. And let's see how many people whenever they put your mask on. You gotta put that air mask on so you can breathe because we're fixing to crash. We're fixing to drop this thing right down in the ocean. Hopefully the plane won't break apart. And you see how many people in there starts crying out to God. That's right. How many knows what I'm talking about? But instead we gotta say, I don't care what people think about me. That's right. But I'm going to tell them about the one that can save their soul. Amen. I'm going to tell them about the one that kept their life in his hand. Come on, hallelujah. That worm, Jacob. That worm. God's got you in the palm of his hand. And when you think about that, that worm, Jacob, what, what God was telling Jacob, he said, you're just like a worm in my hand. In other words, you are totally, completely helpless. You take a worm out of the, an earthworm out of the dirt, out of his protective area, out of an area where he can keep himself 
keep himself away from harm, keep himself out of harm's way. You pull that worm out and you set him in your hand and you watch him. That worm is totally, completely defenseless in the palm of your hand. You can sit there, squeeze your hand and kill that worm, completely crush him out of existence, or you can set him back down and cover him back up to protect him. We're like that worm in the hand of God. We need to worm people out there. They're like that worm in the hand of God. You want to know how quick it can happen? The guy that I work with, I want you to think about this. Because this is how quick this, something like this could happen. And you not even know it. His wife works nights at the hospital. He works out there with me during the day. She come home from work and he came to work. And while she was home, she put some chicken on to boil on the stove. Big pot of chicken. fell asleep. She forgot about the chicken. She went in her bedroom, closed the door, she fell asleep. She went to sleep. Dogs were in there with her. And while she's laying there sleeping, she all of a sudden woke up and the smoke in the bedroom was about that high. And it was coming through the doors. Coming through the door of her bedroom. She opened up the bedroom door and the smoke was about this high in the house. The chicken had caught on fire because all the water had boiled out and it filled the house with smoke. She was having a hard time breathing trying to call him and tell him, the house is on fire, the, the house is on fire. And he had to leave and go home. And when he got home, the whole house, the soot was all over the wall and everything in the house where the fire had burned and the smoke had filled the house. But you know, there's one thing he told me. And the reason he told me this is because he knows the way he should be living. His dad was a preacher. He told me, he said, you know, he said, I thank God because if it wasn't for him, my wife wouldn't be here today. That's right. My dogs wouldn't be here today. You could lay your head on your pillow tonight and fall asleep and die lost if you don't know who God That's is. That's right. Amen. Do you know who God is tonight? <laughs> think about that. He's the one that's got you. In the palm of his hand. Don't fall into the hands of an angry God. You know what that means? That means that when God's really mad with you. Now I have a feeling in this world today there's a lot of people God's really mad yes. with. Yes. Because they know what they're doing is wrong. Consider your ways. Think about what you're doing. Are you pressing towards that mark? that God has established, that expected end that God established from your very beginning, from the day He was forming you in, his mother, in your mother's womb, the day He was making you up and molding you, and deciding what color your hair was going to be, what color your eyes was going to be, how tall you're going to be when you get to adulthood, whether you're male or female, all these different things, while He was doing that, preacher I'm modeling right here. Amen. He's going to go out and he's going to minister to thousands of people. He's going to win thousands of souls. To the kingdom of God. To my kingdom. He's going to witness to people all over the earth. This is my worship leader. She's going to sing beautifully. And when she opens her mouth, her voice, as it goes out across the congregation, 
I'm going to tug it in his heart. Amen. Amen. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to strengthen it. And this one is my prayer warrior. When nobody else can get a prayer through, this one's going to have enough stamina and enough endurance to fight all the forces of hell through to reach my throne. To break the yokes. Think about that. That's a powerful thing. You see, that's those little things that we don't think about. Those little things that we don't consider. When we read God's Word and we just pass across it, just reading it like it's nothing, but we don't think about how God thinks about us, what He thinks, what He might have had desire for us to do one day, but yet we fall off the course because we got our own desires that we want to go do. We want to go do these things that doesn't really matter, that shouldn't be enthusiastic towards us, that shouldn't even be anything that we should want. But yet, be still. Come back, my child. Get back over here. Move back over here on this course that I got for you. Get back over this way. Let's see. If he sets the mark, he establishes that place that he wants you to be in. And as you're pressing, as you're pushing towards that, so you got that in your sight. In your vision, because when you're on fire for God and you're, everything's working good and, and you feel great and everything and you don't have any problems facing you or nothing and you're steady pressing towards that mark, towards that established point, come on, that God has that expected end that He's got for you, that all of a sudden somebody comes up over here to the side and causes you a little bit of commotion or a little bit of problem, then all of a sudden you venture off the course a little bit and you lose sight of that point that God's got for you, that expected place, well, that that established way that He has formed in front of you so that expected end, you lose sight of it because now you got this going on over here and you fail to look to, to the Lord for the circumstance, for the solution to it and then the next thing you know, somebody else comes and pulls you again, and then somebody else tells you something, well hey, maybe a good drink of alcohol right now would really take care of that, you go sit in the bar with me tonight, come on, you get to feeling better in a little while, and you say, oh well, yeah that sounds kind of good, let me go ahead and try that maybe it'll help a little bit, so then you go sit down in the bar and you drink a beer with your friend or a shot of whiskey or whatever and you're sitting there and then you go home you make it to the house and you get home and you get to thinking about what you did and you feel bad about it and you feel bad because the alcohol is, is in your system but it still didn't solve your problem but you still fail to look over there at that expected end you fail to look back to the Lord and say God put me back on the path and then instead you call one of your buddies and tell them man you know, this is happening, that's happening, and the next thing you know, you're off doing something else again. You get farther and farther and farther away from that expected end. And you're moving so far away, so now you're beginning to lose sight of it. And then all of a sudden, as you lose sight of it, and more things come on you, the devil brings more things your way, and more people your way, and all these other situations, and all these other problems, then you move so far to the point to where now, it's so far away from you, you totally, completely lost sight of what God had for you. Now you don't even see the Lord anymore because now you see all your problems and your circumstance and your situation. So now, all of a sudden, God has to send somebody towards you, send somebody to you, cause different things to happen in your life to try to pull you back to the course, try to pull you back to what He's got for you, pull you back to that way that 
He has established for you. So, so you can leave those things behind. So you can take those extra baggage and all that extra stuff that you carried all through that time. Them chains and them shackles that's dragging you down and pulling you. And as you try to get back to the established way, if you try to get back to what God wants for you to do, those chains and those things are pulling you. All that extra stuff is now dragging on you. And instead of pulling you back, you can't get your mind off of it. You can't get your mind back over here. Now all of a sudden you need something to happen in your life. Come on, you need a change of reality for God to break those shackles and them chains off of you. You need somebody to touch heaven for you. Somebody to reach up and say, God, reach them, Lord. Sick them, God. Get them, Lord Jesus. Break those shackles off of them. Break those chains off of them. There's people out there now in this world that are suffering everything that I just told you. They lost their sight of that expected end. They lost their sight of that mark. They lost their sight of that that established way. Because they let all the stuff of the world consume their mind and consume them and pull them. Come on and draw them out there into the world and all out there and all that stuff they're messing with and the things that they're doing. To where now they'd rather have what they're doing than have God. Amen. But God has made it so simple. So easy. Come on, the life of a Christian is not hard. Amen. When you keep your eyes on the Lord, you can say, Lord Jesus, help me, God, to reach that level of that level of perfection that you have for me. God, help me, Jesus, to stay on the course, Lord. Give me the ability, God. Give me the strength and the stamina to stand no matter what comes my way. Lord, help me, Jesus. Come on, study His Word and find out what He's got in store for you. Look at it. Dig it out. Come on, that simple little verse there that, he is, that He's established my way. He took me out of the pit. Out of the miry clay, broke the chains and the, the chains and shackles off of me of sin, pulled it away from me. The desires of the flesh, He took it away, and He gave me the new desire, a heavenly desire, a spiritual desire for Him, the desire after the Lord. He, he come on, He put His word in my heart. Amen. Amen. And He set me on the rock. He saved my soul and He established my ways. He set me on the rock, set me on His foundation, and He established my ways. Now all I got to do now is just keep on that path and keep my sight on the Lord. So one day, I will reach that expected end. I will receive my prize. Just like Paul said, I have fought a good yes. fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. He's reached that level of perfection. He's made Amen. it to heaven. He's sitting up there in glory with the Lord. And He's looking down. Come on, hallelujah. As the Lord's looking down, He's telling him, these people, all this Word that you wrote for me, these people are using it and they're getting strength from it, Paul. That's right. Thank you for being obedient to me. Thank you for listening to me. You ever think about that? Come on, all these prophets that wrote these books of the Bible. You ever think about what Jesus told them up there? Thank you for writing that. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for following the inspiration that I put in your heart to write the Word that I have given you so that people can learn from it, so that people can get help from it. Thank you for that. See, they followed their established ways to reach the expected end. And now they're receiving their prize up there in heaven Amen. with the Lord. Just like we will one day if we make it to the end of this thing and reach that expected end that He's got laid out for us. That expected end that He's going to come back one day and He's going to come back and redeem us back to Him. See, we know the way. First John 1, or John, not First John, John 1 through 4. John, let me find it. I want to make sure I tell you the right verse. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus' words. It's what Jesus said. For in my Father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you so. In other words, he's not lying to you. That's what he's saying. I'm not telling you a lie. I wouldn't have told you that if it wasn't the truth. That's what he's saying. I go to prepare a place for you. So he went to prepare a place for us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I may, that where I am, there you may be also. But you see, here's what people fail to realize. There's a lot of people out there that says, you know, that promise, that promise was gone a long time ago. Well, they're saying that's the promise that was told to the forefathers years ago. It ain't happening. We're living in a time where people are saying that. They're saying this, is, this ain't true. They're saying that ain't happening. That ain't true. But you see, we, who God has delivered, come on, and has redeemed, and His Spirit's living within us, and whither I go, you know, and the way, you know. Why? Because that way that He's established, He's leading you, guiding you, and directing you. And you're keeping your eyes on Him. And He's in here. Amen. And he's reassuring you and telling you that what He said is true. That's why we know the way. That's why we know where we're supposed to go. That's why we know what we're supposed to be doing. Is because He has showed us the way. Do you know the way tonight? Do you need a little strength to keep on your path? Do you need a little strength to help you keep pressing on? Because it's a weakness that we always have. It's a weakness that we face sometimes. It's the flesh. The power of the flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is wonderful. Yes, yes. We have to keep our eyes on Him. We have to keep looking. We have to keep watching. No matter what comes our way, no matter what we face in our lives, Brandon. No matter what the devil tries to afflict you with. Well, it ain't God that put that on you. It's the devil that put you put it on you. But you know, if you keep your eyes just like Job did. He said, no, God slay me, I trust him. But it ain't, God it ain't God that's doing this, it's the devil, it's an attack of the enemy. But you see, he had to go get permission from your father first. He had to go get permission from your daddy first. And your daddy said, yeah, but you can't kill him. But he's going to bring you through this. Yes. Just keep your eyes on him. Come on, you keep pushing, you keep watching. Come on, there's a day of redemption coming to you for that. You hear me? Come on, God's got a healing waiting on you. You gotta, you gotta keep pressing. You gotta keep pushing. Don't let the devil get you down. Don't let anything sit here on your shoulder and try to tell you this or tell you that. When you say, "I'm," I'll leave my father's got this in his hand. He's got all this in his hand. God ask the Lord Jesus to give him strength for us. God ask the Lord Jesus to give him. Hallelujah, Lord. Let him know, Lord Jesus, personally, the God in a person to person. Thing, Jesus, let him know, God, that you got this in the palm of your hand, Lord. Let him know, Jesus, that it's going to be okay, God. Lord, I ask you, Jesus, to give him reassurance, Lord. God, I ask you, Lord, to help to help him to realize, God, that he's going to come through this thing, Lord, and he's going to come through it, Lord, greater than he ever ever was, Lord Jesus, from the beginning of it, God. And Lord Jesus, I praise you, God, and I thank you for it, Lord. And God, I ask you, Lord Jesus, if you see fit, Lord God, to give him a quick healing, Lord, to give him a miracle, Lord Jesus. Give him a miracle healing even tonight, Lord. I ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we'll, we'll praise you, God, and I know you'll get praise for it, God. You're going to get glory for this, Lord Jesus, and I know you are, Lord. And God, I thank you and I praise you for it, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, see, the devil wants us to fall. God's got us in the palm of His hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody need to pray? Anybody want prayer? Just like it's on the instrument, open all the...
And we all need a boost of strength sometimes.
deals with Israel after the 70 years of exile. And it looked like that God just didn't love them anymore. Israel. They went to 70 years of bondage because of their disobedience. And them not wanting God and not wanting to listen to God. So then he wanted to try to let them know the thoughts I think concerning you, they're not thoughts of evil. Evil right there means calamity and trouble. He was trying to tell them, I, I didn't plan any of that trouble. It's your life that brought that. It's your disobedience that caused that. God just wanted to encourage them and let them know I got that in. I got that expected in for you. I, I see something uh, the other day and I, I thought it was neat. Um, when the kids went off to Lion Country Safari, come back in. Oh, Victoria runs right past me. I said, "Hey, you could have come and give Grandpa a hug." And she, and she said, "I've got to see my mommy. I miss my mommy. I've got to see my mommy." Just runs straight to Hannah. And, and I thought, you know something? I said, "The church is is that woman figure, that mother figure in our life, and the heavenly Father, of course, is our our God, our heavenly Father." Where's the bond at that people have with the mama? with the church. Where's the bond that, that people should have where they love church? Amen. They don't come because they're afraid that somebody would call them and ask them where they was. They come because they just want to be there. They just want to be where God is. And uh, Brother Kevin done a great job tonight talking about that, the way and how God has plans for us and, and everything. And you know, God's got great plans for you, but if you don't fall in love with Him, and follow that way, then, then it's it's all just going to be a mess. I listened to David Wilkerson's uh, tape this week where he's talking about uh, so many times in crusades all around this country he runs in when he was alive, of course, and he ran into so many preacher's kids that went so far off track, just went so far away from God, and uh, got into so many different things, crack and, and everything else. And... and uh, he said it just broke his heart to watch preachers' kids get like that. You fall out of love with God, you fall out of love with church, you're going to get that way. But you got to fall back in love with them. got to get to the point to where, it's like that little Victoria, or little baby, little Elisha, man, you had to pry him away from Hannah. Where's the babes in Christ that love church like that? That's right. Where's the grown-ups that love church like that? We're not here just because we're, uh, one preacher called it fire insurance. Because we don't want to go to hell. No, I'm here because I love God. And I'm here because I want to make it. And, and if we'll listen tonight what Brother Kevin preached and listen to the Word of God, then we will make it. And we'll do it just exactly like God planned. Where's our ushers at tonight? You have your ties